Welcome to the Seashore Church Message of the Week. This message is designed to bring more of heaven into your world today. For more resources like this, or to learn more about our church, visit seashorechurch.com. Emily, as you know, is our worship pastor, and um, more than our worship pastor, because she actually has an incredible gifting on her life, pastorally and as a teacher, and so she's actually a phenomenal speaker, and so I've asked her, I've asked her to speak today. And awesome. All right. Thank you. Away. Thank you. Um, we already got so much good stuff this morning. <laughs> I feel really like filled up uh, just from all the things that have already been shared. Thank you so much. I'm not, I'm not bothered about the time. I, I would so much rather Holy Spirit do what he's doing, and there's already been so much. I just want to encourage you guys, these like words and prayers, and I mean, I feel like we've been through a TED Talk, right, of like all of these small, really potent messages already this morning. And, like, take stuff away from those. There was so much powerful stuff released this morning. Just because it's not the official message doesn't mean that it's not super important and powerful. And that might be maybe what Saphir shared about intercession or, you know, what Ben shared about the Father or whatever. Maybe that was the word of the Lord for you today. And, like, take that stuff. So um, I'm just going to pray really quickly. Um, I always say really quickly pray. And Romy's like, it doesn't have to be quick. Just pray. Uh, thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are here. Uh, thank you that you're here and you're with us, and you know exactly what needs to be shared this morning, and so I ask that you would give me wisdom, just fill me with uh, your discernment to know what you want to have shared this morning and, and what things we should save for later, and Lord, would you just open and illuminate our hearts so we can receive everything that you have for us this morning, God. We really want to be people that are open to taking in everything you're sharing with us, everything you're doing. Come and have your way this morning, Holy Spirit. We welcome you. We invite you. Can you guys feel that? Just hang in that for a second. Just lean into that. Maybe there's things he wants to tell you. Hmm. Speak to us, Holy Spirit. We can sit here as long as we have to just to enjoy your presence so grateful for who you are, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. <laughs> it's funny because all week I was asking the Lord, what do you want me to talk about? What do you want me to talk about? And um, I've talked about worship before, which I, I love teaching on, and um, I had a whole other thing in mind, actually, from things I've learned doing my garden, which is hilarious that Dave talked about that. And I was like, maybe I'll talk about this garden thing, and I just kept hearing the word access. Like, I want you to talk about access, access, access. That was the word that kept coming to mind. And it's so funny, because this moment we're standing here, and we're just leaning into Holy Spirit, like, that's literally it. Like, that's how easy it is to access God. Just literally that moment of pausing and being like, you're here, like, making yourself still, which I know is really hard sometimes. For me, usually just, like, literally physically pausing, because I'm like a mover, like, I'm always tapping or, you know, doing something. Like, literally making myself be physically still and, like, taking that deep breath and just sort of letting yourself be actually present 
and then connect your heart to Jesus, like literally, that's it. That's as simple as it is to access God. Isn't that fun? Like he didn't make it hard. You know, we could have had to do lots of things to access, but that's literally it. We just have to incline our hearts to him, just turn our hearts like... um, Saphir was saying about people turning to the Father, like we take one step, he takes 10, you know? That's how, that's how our access works. So I do want to talk about access. I love Ephesians. I was very tempted this morning to just read like Ephesians 1 and 2 and just go through and be like, wow, <laughs> what about that? Wow. Um, but seriously, we've been talking so much about identity And if you have questions about your identity, please read Ephesians. And exactly what Ben said I loved with letting your imagination be open to think about what those things actually mean. I think a lot of times, for whatever reason, in church, we've gotten really scared of our imagination. And God created your imagination on purpose to speak to you. And the primary way that he brings us revelation is through our imagination. You know, a lot of times when we hear the Lord speak, it sounds like our own voice in our head because he speaks to you in a language that you can understand. I was chatting with a friend this week and she was like trying to figure something out and had this name pop into her mind and she was like, it was my own voice, but it was something I wasn't thinking about. And I just realized that that was God. Like that's what he does. He speaks to you in a way that you'll understand. And so um, this... This access, as we go through, we're going to read through a section of scripture. Like, let your mind be open. Let your imagination really sit and think about what these things actually mean and what they mean for you. Um, Can we do the Ephesians 2, 4 through 10? We're just going to read through this. So I like looking at lots of different translations because I grew up in church. I honestly, I don't remember not knowing Jesus And I actually don't remember not being able to speak in tongues, um, which is a huge blessing. I'm so grateful for that. Not to say my life has been perfect. I've had my fair share of figuring things out with Jesus, but I have read the Bible in lots of different translations. So I'm going to throw a few different ones up just because for me, sometimes it helps me take it in in a different way when when the words are slightly different. So let's read through this. It's the beginning of the sentence before this is basically referencing when we were lost, We were lost, but God still loved us with such great love. Think about this applied to our culture. He's so rich in compassion and mercy, even when we were dead and doomed in our many sins. He united us into the very life of Christ and saved us by his wonderful grace. He raised us up with Christ, the exalted one, and we ascended with him into the perfection and authority of the heavenly realm, for we are now co-seated as one with Christ. That's powerful. Did you guys get that? Let's go back and read that one last verse there again. We ascend, he raised us up with Christ, and we ascended with him into the glorious perfection and authority of the heavenly realm, for we are now co-seated. We are now, like literally Right now, we are co-seated as one with Christ. Throughout the coming ages, we will be the visible display 
And another translation says, um, help point to us as the example to future generations. So through the coming ages, we'll be pointed to, we will be the visible display of the infinite riches of his grace and kindness, which was showered upon us in Christ Jesus. For by grace, you have been saved through faith. Nothing you did could ever earn this salvation, for it was the love gift from God that brought us to Christ. So no one will ever be able to boast, for salvation is never a reward for good works or human striving. We have become his poetry. Other translations say his masterpiece, a recreated people that will fulfill the destiny he has given each of us, for we are joined to Jesus, the anointed one. And even before we were born, God planned in advance our destiny and the good works we would do to fulfill it. And then I think it should skip down to, I think, verse 19. Do you have that up there? So you are not foreigners or guests. I think sometimes that's how we think about it, right? We're like, oh, I mean, I'm here for a minute till God figures out what I'm really like and then might get my past revoked. No. <laughs> it says you are not foreigners or guests. Rather, you are citizens of the holy city with all the rights as family members of the household of God. Uh, I was in a Bible study a few years ago, and um, it was really a really powerful experience in my life, actually. This really amazing spiritual mama um, invited a bunch of girls over to her house and like fed us food and just read through the Bible with us. And we would just sit and talk about the things we were learning. And I remember one time we were talking through something and one of my friends who normally was really engaged in conversation was super quiet. And finally we were like, what's going on? Like, what, what are you getting? And she was like, you guys, all. And we were like, what, what do you mean? What about it? Um, like it said, all the rights. And she just had her mind blown about all. She was like, all, like all, like every single one, like everything, like all of it. So now like every time I read a verse that says all, I remember it in her voice going, all. Yeah. <laughs> it helps me click into being like, oh, wow. Because I think we read these things really fast, and we're like, that's nice. I have some rights or something, you know. But like Ben was saying with his son, all the rights as a son, as a daughter, not one right is left out, all of them. The um, Ephesians 2.18, I think you have back there, Jess, it says, now all of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done for us. So this means that you, you and you and you and you and you, all of us have full access to God right now. Like this is actually present tense. It was really interesting for me reading through that Ephesians passage because it talks about when we were dead in the past, God sent Jesus, right? He died for us. And then he raised us up also in the past actually, and we ascended with him, and then we are now in the present, co-seated with Christ. So this is the present tense reality. And there's another verse that describes it this way. It says, we have equal and direct access to all the fullness of God. 
think about that for a second. Like, what does all the fullness of God even mean? That's, that's really hard for my brain to take in, you know? The closest thing I could compare it to in my mind, and if you don't know Clayton, this won't make any sense, but was like all of Clayton put into like a tiny baby like that, you know? Like, that's kind of what it's like. Our pastor's like 6'8", and gigantic, so if you don't know him. So, like, if you took all the fullness of Clayton and put it into a little tiny baby like Char's baby, that's, like, a tiny taste of what that would be like, right? And that's what we have access to right now. And so it made me think of, I was like, the generosity of God. Like, Jesus died on the cross. He rose from the dead. And, you know, if he just, like, popped up in here, he was like, you get access, and you get access, and you get access. And I was like, oh, it's like Oprah on steroids, you know? He's like, and you get access, and you get access. And I was like, man, and if you look under your seat, Holy Spirit is there with everything you need for life and godliness, you know? But think about that, right? Like, if God's like Oprah on steroids, and every single person gets the biggest prize, right? And we really do get Holy Spirit with everything we need to live a godly life. What would our lives look like if we actually acted like that was true? Would it look different? Like, would we live differently if we fully believed that we had equal and direct access to all the fullness of God. I, I mean, mine would. I'm working on that, you know. And I don't, that's not a shaming thing, right? Like, God's not impatient with your process. I love the way Graham Cook describes it, where he's like, you know, we think every time we mess up, we're like, oh, man, God, I wanted to do that well, but I messed it up again. And you think he's just like one more time, you messed it up. When are you going to get it right? And he's like, in reality, every time you mess up, Holy Spirit is over being like, you're awesome. Only 792 more times, so you never do that again. (laughs) You know, like he's actually counting down. We count up, he counts down. He's like, oh, you're on the way to being totally walking in the fullness of what I created you to do. This is awesome. We're almost there, guys. You know, like that's more the reality. And I think sometimes we think that it's actually more humble to not embrace that because we're like, I'm so aware of my shortcomings, so I'm just not going to go for that stuff because I'm not really worthy. But in reality, that's actually pride. Because humility is believing what God says about you is true. And pride is believing more or less of yourself than God thinks about you. I love Bill Johnson says that he's like, I cannot afford to have a thought in my mind that is not in God's mind. And we entertain a lot of thoughts. I mean, I know, I do. It's hard not to. Our culture is just like constantly bombarding your head with thoughts. But, and Marcy preached on this so well last week. You have total control over your mind. You actually have the ability to have complete control. I think of it, if any of you guys have traveled, I think of it like passport control. Like you actually have the ability to have passport control for your mind, where every single thought that comes up, you're like, show me your papers. Are you allowed, do you have a visa? 
Oh, you don't? Bye. Like, literally, you don't have, you're not obligated to let thoughts in your mind that are not in the mind of the Father. And so I want us to think about this not in a, like, one day I'll get there. This is present tense. And um, everybody has the same access. So there's not a single person that has more access than you do. Romy doesn't have more access than you. I don't have more access than you. Sammy doesn't have more access. Dave Schultz doesn't have more access. Clayton doesn't have more access. Not a single person in here has more access to God than you do. It's equal and direct. So the only difference, I think, is that some people, like Romy's a great example, exercise their access more. So you actually see what it's like to live in that awareness of that access. So if people seem like they have more of God than you do, it's only because they're just stepping into something that's also available to you. And we should use that to provoke us to go after that stuff, right? Like anything that you see that you want in the kingdom, you can have. There's literally nothing off limits at all. And I was thinking about this this morning, and it really was just wrecking my heart. Because it's like, (laughs) I think we exclude ourselves on the basis of us. But we have to get this for a couple of reasons. One is that Jesus is worthy of the full reward of his suffering. And he took on our sin, our shame, our failing, our insecurity, all of that stuff. He took it on the cross already, and he gave us this full access. We wouldn't have it without him, right? We read it. No one can do good enough works. No one can do anything that would make you worthy of this access. None of us. None of us measure up. Jesus made the way for us to do that. So the lack of measuring up is already gone. It's already covered in the cross. So that doesn't actually exist anymore. Jesus accomplished this full access for us. So to step into that is to fully receive what he did for us and to give him his full reward of his suffering, which the joy of seeing us do that is why he endured the cross, right? Like for the joy of his reward, Jesus endured the cross for the joy set before him. Part of that is seeing us move out, expand the kingdom to do this stuff for him. So Jesus is worthy of it, whether it did anything else for us or anyone else, Jesus is worthy. We should do it for that reason alone. The second reason is because the, like, stepping into this access, if you guys hear this term, like, the kingdom of God, I know that sometimes, like, living in the kingdom, expanding the kingdom, you know, like, being ambassadors of the kingdom, we talk about this, and it's hard to sometimes know what that means, But if you can picture what your life would look like living in the reality of full access, that's living in the kingdom. You know, like I, I, I'm a very proud American, right? Like I, I, I love being an American. I think it's an amazing country. I don't think we're the only country on the planet. And I don't think America is the kingdom. It's not. But I think it's a great country, and there's a lot of stability and security that we have in being Americans. There really is. There's a lot of freedom. People still come from all over the world to get to the opportunity in America. But the kingdom is so far beyond that. 
it's so far beyond that. But that like security that you feel in being an American, like that sense of belonging to something big and like being part of this, that's like a tiny taste of what it's like to be in the kingdom. Except <laughs> this kingdom is unshakable. It doesn't matter who the president is. We have King Jesus. He's the name above every other name. He's actually seated above every government, above every Supreme Court, above every ruler, above every law. Like, he's so much bigger and greater than any country. So I'm not, I'm not trying to say that it's the same. But, like, I think sometimes if a concept is too ethereal and you don't have anything to compare it to, it's hard to grab onto it. So for the sake of an example, right? So our kingdom is unshakable. It's stable. It's got a great king. I, I remember hearing this evangelist say, everybody wants a king like Jesus. They do. If we really knew Jesus, like, and really walked in this access, which we do, right? We know Jesus. We can walk in this full access. Um, everybody wants access to that. Everybody would want what we have. And um, so I think that the first reason we, we, just, we have to get a hold of this is because Jesus is worthy. The second reason is because the, the world needs this kingdom. Like our planet, our country, our world, our friends, our neighbors, they need the access to this kingdom. Like just think about that. Like if we're walking around with the power to release healing to the brokenness in our society, like how could they not want that? How could they not be drawn to that? And how could we withhold that from the people that need it? I got really inspired. I got really, like, I felt like I got a really cool revelation from the Lord a few months ago where, um, I don't even know where this idea came from, so it was definitely him. But I was thinking about this whole um, trans movement and, like, a lot of these different cultural movements and all of a sudden, I was like, and I was thinking about people I know of, like Safir, I keep referencing him. He's my husband, the guy in the blue shirt that prayed, if you don't know that. Um, I was thinking about some of these D-trans people we've, you know, followed and wanted to support. And just, honestly, just reading the stories of the torment that people are going through, no matter where they are in that process, like, it is torment. They are being utterly tormented. And it absolutely breaks my heart. And I realized, I was like, wait a minute, Lord, if you can heal cancer, if you can make limbs grow out, why can you not make other body parts grow back? Why can you not restore jacked up hormones? Why can you not restore people's mental health? What if that was a possibility? You guys, what if it got out in culture that people could come to church and have full restoration of their bodies? Like, what if that got out there? And I shared that with someone, and they were like, well, I mean, yeah, but there's consequences. And I was like, do you not think the torment is consequence enough? Is the torment these people are going through not consequence enough for their sin? They are bearing the consequences of their sin. We all do. We all know there's consequences. But Jesus doesn't function like that. He's like, before you were born, I saw you. I planned for you. And it doesn't say like he saw all the people in the church. 
It says that he saw every single person. He loves all of mankind. Like if you take that all, it's like while we were still dead in our sins, while we were still walking in darkness, he saw us and he loved us and he sent Jesus at that point. And so how could we withhold that from anybody else? Like, that's the stuff that I want to press into. I mean, I'm, I'm not totally there. I've prayed for a few people and seen them get healed, and that really encourages my heart. I'm terrified to think about praying for someone to have their body restored. That's, that's a scary thought, but exciting. Like, what if that could happen? What would that do in our culture, in our society? Can you imagine the hope that would be released with that? Like, that is the kingdom of God expanding. That's what it's like. Like, oh, we can come here and get our emotional trauma healed just in a moment. And then, and look, there's walking out processes, there's all those things, right? But you can come in, you can get your emotional trauma healed and your cancer healed in church and then go out and have a different life. Like, I had my food allergies healed and it like totally changed my life, you know? Like, God is so willing to do this stuff. So, I know we don't have a lot of time, so I want to kind of land it there. I just, the thing I wanted you guys to take away from today is just that idea that right now, today, you have full access to God. And not just to a little part, to all, all, anything you can imagine. God's a God of possibilities. There's nothing he can't do. There's no situation he doesn't have wisdom for. You have Holy Spirit. He's good at everything. Literally, anything you're doing, Holy Spirit is an expert at. And he's the helper, and he's with you, and he wants to help. I've had some really cool stuff that I'll share with you guys later coming up just where Holy Spirit's giving me ideas in my work, and it's like doing really cool stuff. You know, there's just, there's so many everyday things that we can access that aren't as grandiose, I think, as these major healings. It's that and it's every day, you know? And hopefully that becomes every day. (laughs) I would love for that to be every day, but it's not only access in the big moments, it's access in like, what do I do with this decision? You know, how do I handle my kid throwing a tantrum? How do I have this hard conversation with my boss or my spouse or my friend? It's like those everyday things, that's also where we have access. So. Father, I thank you so much that you have given us full access, that every single person in this room right now has equal and direct access to all the fullness of who you are, that you do not withhold any good thing from us, and that every good and perfect thing comes from you. You are so kind. You're so generous. God, I ask that you would break open the revelation of this into our hearts and our minds God, that we would begin to seek you out, that we would begin to um, just have those sparks of revelation of what if we could do this? What if we could ask for this? What if we could pray for this? And then to start acting on it. God, I ask that we would be a church that fully exercises our access to you and that your kingdom would be spread through the action that we take as a result and that Jesus would receive his full reward. We thank you, Jesus, that you're worthy of us stepping into this. (laughs) You are so worthy, and we love you, Jesus. Amen.
Thank you for joining us today. For more resources like this or to find information about our weekly services, visit seashorechurch.com.